Okay, good evening and welcome to uh, Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a podcast to raise the profile of school libraries by talking about topics that are current across education and teaching. I'm Ruth Maloney, school librarian, and this week we're turning things around a bit. I'll be interviewing Elizabeth Hutchinson, trainer and advisor for school librarians, who's usually my co-host, and Kathy Woods, school librarian. We're also delighted to welcome back our, to our podcast, our English and history teacher, literacy coordinator and school library advocate, Alice Vizer-Fury. Today, we're chatting about the updated DfE reading framework, which came out in July. Kathy and Elizabeth recently wrote a blog to help school librarians navigate the framework more easily as it wasn't immediately obvious to them whether it was a document for us as school librarians. We felt therefore that this was an important discussion for the new year. So hello and welcome. Hi there, hi. Hi. Um, can we start by explaining what the reading framework is and why you think the DfE felt the need to update it? Um, I'm going to ask that to Elizabeth, unless anybody else wants to jump in, we'll start. Okay, so so I, I'm afraid that I did do a Bing, a Bing A search as to, to what the reading framework was, so I'm going to admit that openly right at the beginning. Um, it's a non-statutory guidance document published by the Department of Education for England. Um, it provides guidance for primary and secondary schools to meet existing expectations for teaching reading. And the latest version was published in July 2023. Um, it's updated periodically to reflect the latest research and best practices in teaching reading. Do you think that that's about right, Alice? Is that, does that, <laughs> she's nodding her hand, her head. Um, Kathy. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I also did a bit of a dirty Google search, but um, I also found some other things out about the, the DfE reading framework in that this is only the second one ever published. Uh, the first one being published in 2022, January of 2022. Um, and by doing the same definition of the, the searches, the control F searches on the um, old one, the first one, um, I realised that the 2022 copy only featured the word library four times compared to the 25 times in the second one, in the, the latest one, um, and that librarians were not mentioned at all in the first ever DfE reading framework. Um, but it was reported So we'll that definitely go for improved and updated. Yes. 66% um, read the first, uh, of schools read the first framework. So um, over half, that's not bad. But I just thought I'd add that. Absolutely. Thank you, Alice. Do you want to come back in? Um, yes. Um, in addition to the guidance that we have here, it's useful to look at the Welsh guidance, which was out in May 2023, the Eston guidance for, about reading. And it's specific to reading. It also mentions libraries and it does it in a more sustained way than the Department for Education one. So it's worth looking at that as well. I did a presentation for a Welsh Education Board and we looked at that. Now, it doesn't mention librarians, uh, but it does mention the importance of a school library and advocates for that. Oh, that's excellent. That's very positive. Uh, good to share that in the uh, programme notes, I think. Um, so now with a bit of understanding about what it is, Elizabeth, why did you think it was necessary to write or important to write about it? Well, I think when we first, when I first saw that that the reading framework had been updated, I I was just interested really to see how often 
school libraries or librarians were mentioned. And I had also seen on the SLN, the School Library Network, Kathy mentioning the same kind of thing that I was was thinking about. So I thought, actually, if we go through it, it's 174 pages. It's a long document. It's not something that's that although it's easy, relatively easy to read, it's it's going to take you a, t- a while to read 174 pages, isn't it? So I just thought, actually, if we could just pull out the the highlights where libraries and librarians are specifically mentioned in order to help school librarians themselves recognize their importance within this it would it would help um create something that was was digestible so one of the things that i'm very conscious of being a trainer and advisor is that i don't have i have pre um examples pre 2019 of of when i was working in schools but i don't have current um examples and when kathy had had um shown that she was she was interested in the document i thought maybe it's a good idea for us to get together and um use some of her current practices in in the blog that we were writing and I, and i think that it worked reasonably well um kathy what brought you along let's yeah. speak Oh, well, you did, um, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, no, I, I was um, I was shocked and amazed by the replies on the SLN from when I, I first put it out there that this document had come out and that, um, I, do you know, I actually was not aware of the first document, um, the first reading framework, which I think that's just passed many people by. And why was I not one of those 66% that had read it before I mean it's it's been out in my school school librarian career why did I not why was I not aware of it um so mm-hmm. then I, when I read it and put it out there that in the school librarian network that uh, that this was not very librarian school librarian friendly um and then Elizabeth came to me and said let's do a blog um, and I said, oh, yay, definitely. Uh, I'll be definitely up for that. And and I think it's worked quite well. I mean, it was a do- much longer document and we probably could have gone on for a lot longer than we did. Um, but we were we were trying to <laughs> trying to bring it down to, well, less than 30 pages. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I don't know. I certainly didn't feel it was uh, very exciting to read. I mean, not not that it was boringly written but just that the content the the way they were talking about reading and schools and the lack of mention of schools and school libraries made it quite a frustrating read for me i'm interested alice whether you think that the reading work the framework serves a purpose for teachers um yeah i would say there are several things that are useful first this particular one as opposed to the one two years ago focuses more on key stage three and that hadn't been incorporated into the initial uh, Department for Education um, reading framework. So there is more useful for me as a secondary school teacher advocating for reading across the curriculum. I'd say it's useful to have the research and the recommendations collated and presented in an official government document. Um, That is when you're trying to make a case if Department of Education or Ofsted or similar, um, even though it's not statutory, put it in writing, it's easier to make the case, it carries weight. Um, And I would say 
that said, there is nothing for me in that document. I read the whole thing that's new. This is stuff I've been working on um, and many of us in the field have been working on for years. Um, it's been direction of travel from um, Ofsted um, and from Department for Education for some time now as well. But now in this Department for Education document, it's sort of fine-tuned and made clear. And that helps uh, put pressure on SLT and, um, you know, it helps us for the advocacy. I'd say um, the way to think about it is the three major areas that I've been working on um, and that are represented from um, a school's point of view are the whole um, reading independently and for pleasure. So building a reading culture, reading independently, reading in subjects and supporting struggling readers. And I like to think of it as a Venn diagram, those three areas. And later I can speak to how I think um, librarians might support um, school staff and leaders and teachers in those different areas using some of the ideas from the, the framework. But yes, um, I think it's useful. I do think, as has already been pointed out, and I read um, Elizabeth and um, Kathy's um, document or uh, uh, blog, it's a shame that there wasn't more advocacy for the role that school libraries in general and school librarians specifically can play in um, building not just the reading culture across the school, but in the, all of those three areas that I mentioned. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think with that in mind, certainly for me, I found I felt very disheartened by reading the document. Didn't feel like a positive step forward. Um, and I was pleased to read Elizabeth and Kathy's blog because it made me think, okay, where are the positives in this? What you know, not that it's a negative document at all, and I entirely agree with you. You know, I read the recommendations and I thought, oh, yes, all very sensible. I have, you know, my own thoughts about book corners and the way book corners work in primary school libraries or in primary schools as opposed to having a proper library but you know I wanted to pull out those positives um what do we think is there a way that we can turn it on its head uh, Elizabeth can I come back to you well I think you're think right I think I think going through it made me realize how much we as we as school librarians already do to in order to support it do you know I think like Alice there's a lot of things that that I was reading and I'm going yes yeah that's that's there that's part of it and and it sort of made me feel as if you know that moment when you go to a conference and the presenter is telling you stuff that you are already doing and it and it empowers you to know and understand that actually you're heading in the right direction um yeah. and actually you could be the one that's standing on the stage presenting it's almost made me feel like that in the way that you know if we can get the message out to school librarians there's a real easy way to to make to acknowledge something that is written officially but is clearly linking to what school librarians do and I think that's the positive to it that that you know there are very specific areas where you can very definitely have a conversation when you're in the staff room and the framework is brought up and you can go oh well, funny enough, that's what we, you know, I was just reading the framework myself and this is what we do, do you know? And, and it is, yeah. if you can, if you can get over the fact that, that you know, school librarians specifically are, are not mentioned enough, I think what 
Kathy said, I think it was Kathy, that that it's been mentioned, we're mentioned more now than we were before. So that's a positive, do you know? <laughs> um yeah. and I think I think we can't we can't sit on that fence of annoyance and, and upset. We need to take all the positives that we can. I think that's the best way that I can answer that. Yeah, no, I and I think that's entirely right. What interested me was I found myself reading it and thinking this is almost like reading about a parallel universe where librarians don't exist. They were talking about an adult who likes books and has an interest in sharing them with children and a place where books and stories might be collected together. And I just sat there thinking, this is like a world where we can't mention the word library, you know, and it was slightly strange and it still I agree with you. We have to take this forward in a positive way. And there's no point in sort of saying, oh, you know, why aren't we mentioned? Why aren't we more? But there is a question about why our voices aren't part of the conversation. Why? Where is the librarian in the DFE? Where is the library? You know, where are we in that conversation? Where are SILIP in this conversation and but, I think there's something there but, but you know something positive there that we might move forward with to to be in it next time so that the next update is looking at so but I think <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible for jumping in it's awful um I, I think the thing is it's given a clear message to the understanding of the department of education on school libraries very specifically, you know, you can't, without a shadow of a doubt, take this as anything other than their lack of understanding about what school librarians and can can do. But in some ways, that gives us a positive step forward because it is a conversation to be had. Whereas previous to this document, we all knew <laughs> that they don't know but actually yeah. now it's written. that's the positive out of this, I think, Ruth. Yep. Okay. All right. Um yeah. just gonna say they've taken it up to the line. The, they've literally just, taken it right up to the line of am I on my mute? No. They've taken it up to the line yeah, no, of no. um of of almost mentioning school librarians and almost mentioning school libraries to they, they can't actually make us law yet, statutory yet, therefore I felt like this was their way of telling us that, yes, we're important, but they can't call us by our libraries and librarians' names yet um, yeah. because, we're, because we're not statutory. Um, yes, so I, felt, I, I wondered felt, if they were playing that game. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if there, if there is a, a, you know, well, we made a noise with the blog that we did. I mean, we, we stood up as, a, you know, we're not that typical shushy librarian thing. We stood up and made a noise of it. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping that whoever's reading it because we don't know who's read that read that document or read that blog um whoever's reading it they, they just need that little bit of a, more of a push to to get us over the we need to be statutory and yeah. um yeah like like i thought with yourself when you said about where's silip and where's the sla in this conversation um I, we don't know we, we don't know we just don't know whether they no, can no they can get us over the line yet so we'll, we'll get there yeah no absolutely absolutely um so I'm thinking 
I mean, as uh, Alice was saying, this is more of a, a document looking at key stage two, but it's very, very much still a primary school focus. Um, it's got that real focus on the early stages of reading and, and that the move into key stage three is really looking at those students who have left primary still with a low reading ability. Um, so with so few primary school, states, primary school librarians. Um, what can we do as secondary school librarians, do we think, to support that transition or those schools without a, an adult interested in reading? Uh, Alice or Cathy, actually, who'd like to join in? Sure. I mean, I, I can't. Um, so I would like to hear from a librarian as well. Um, but I can think about the transition and the role that potentially um, librarians could make and the school library could make as far as those students. Now, um, you're right that the focus in that particular document was a lot about the how we learn to read and looking at students who have fallen behind for a variety of different reasons. Um, I work with students who have significant reading difficulties. We have students who can't even decode single syllable words um, in year seven, um, year eight, uh, and also many students who struggle with fluency. So there is a significant um, and, and important um, piece of work to be done. And I think the key thing here is that it needs to be a coordination between a whole variety of different secondary um, members of staff mm. and, of course, primaries as well. And I would think the librarian needs to be included in that. So um, our library is the heart of where we do reading intervention. Right. So that is um, not. Um, and I lead on that, but our um, librarian um, helps out with various things. And I'd say. The focus of this document is quite a lot on the struggling readers, and I would say rightly so, because those mm. are the ones mm -hmm. where we really need to make a life-altering difference um, for these um, young people. So what can we do as um, SEND staff, as teachers, as senior leadership, but as librarians as well, to make sure that everything's in place for these particular students who are coming up um, from primary school to secondary school without the, the reading they need. And um, a number of possible suggestions, um, I would say for librarians, um, somebody mentioned it, but the CPD about understanding synthetic phonics and about the areas that students struggle in would be really, really good. So I think librarians or in secondary, and if they're, you know, and certainly in primary, should understand the basics of the reading. And it's explained in the document, but more CPD linked to that so they can better support those types of students mm -hmm. and the work going on in um, schools. Also fluency, students who struggle with fluency, what does that entail? Is there something that could go on in the library to support that? And then um, it could be in the library, for example, um, some schools do reading buddies or reading partners, and that could help with fluency. So, um, in particular, the students who can decode, okay, but are need a lot more. I think they in the uh, document they um, use reading miles. They need a lot more reading miles. And in the library, that's a great place if you have a year 10 student working with a year seven student under the supervision, supervision librarian or other staff, but um, ideally the librarian. So those sorts of things, um, reading partners is what we do. We have community volunteers come in and um, read with our students who struggle with reading. That is in the library. 
library, right? So all those things are taking place in the library. And I'd say um, librarians will already know this, but looking at what can you do in the library to ensure that you have everything in place for those students. So one thing that we have is little audio CDs. Um, students are not allowed phones um, to listen to, but we have audio CDs. They can listen to audiobooks. Um, so, and I've got a student who's a word millionaire struggles to decode single syllable words, but he's a word millionaire because he's listened to book after book after book. His vocabulary is excellent. And of course, we're working on helping him with phonics as well. And of course, the librarians are already um, experts in the collection that they choose and all of, you know, the, for example, the Choose Your Own Adventure books. They're absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant for our struggling and reluctant readers. So I'd say um, this is a growth area. Um, and I would say as if, if I was a librarian, this is an area I would really choose to focus on because staff get it. Um, they understand how important it is, how crucial it is. What else can you offer in your library for those particular students? That'd be my, mm. um, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Kathy, you wanted to come in. Oh, that's music to my ears to, to hear all that, Alice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, with uh, with transition, that was a uh, quite an easy win actually. With 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 my school is because um, I would always be there for uh, open afternoons. I'd always be um, uh, in, in the in the hall with uh, with parents talking to them as well. Not, uh, but then there'll be school um, tours, and they'd start in the library. So parents would, were were brought to the library first. Um, I'm just a bit of a nosy bugger, so I'd always talk to the parents and, and you know, introduce them to the school. Because I was actually, uh, I'm an ex-parent of the, of the school as well. Um, although you never stop being a parent, do you? <laughs> Technically. <laughs> um, so it was, it's it's quite a nice, um, you know, interaction that I can have with the parents at, the, at that point, before they've even got to the school, before even the children have got to the school. And then this year, we uh, we joined the book clubs in schools.org. Um, and we have bought every single year six coming to the school a copy of the book. Um, this year it's Chime Seekers by Ross Montgomery. Um, and they their homework for the holidays was to read the book before they even come to school. And then we've got a series of library lessons with them in order to level the playing field. They've all read at least one book, you know, um, and they can all talk to each other about it. And it was just it, it's just the way that we can we can level everything. And um, it. Pulling those lessons together actually felt a lot smoother, pulling the library lessons together for mm -hmm. the, the year, year sevens. Because we had a, a starting point, yeah. it just felt like it was an easy win. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that yeah. was the transition. Do you, in, do you manage to get into any of your feeder primary schools at all? I don't because we have so many of them. But yeah. I do yeah. have um, – I do have – uh, a collaboration with the person who does go into the, all the schools. So the head of year seven um, in yeah. the summer term goes to all the feeder schools and I give them like bookmarks and things like that so that they can then distribute and they tell the, tell the, the you know, the people on coming pupils about me um, and, you know, what it's like to be coming into the library for lessons and things. So. Yeah. 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 No, it's something I've thought about. We have a, a, a different demographic because our, students are super selected grammar school students so they don't come to us with you know very very few of them come to us with reading uh being behind on their reading or they wouldn't have got in so you know this is something that i just don't have experience of in this school and and the same therefore i wouldn't interact with the primaries in that way really but it's really interesting to hear about that alice you wanted to come back 
Um, yes, please. Um, so, Kathy, you got me thinking about some of the other things that we're doing linked to the transition. So, like Kathy, we um, had our induction day. Every single student came to the library and there were activities in the library, including a summer reading bingo that we had. So it is a challenge with nine different categories. And that was for all our rising year sevens and rising year eights. Um, and there were a number of challenges. And one thing that could be an idea, um, I recorded a Loom video for families about the summer reading challenge and about how to access some of the resources that we were providing for them. And we sent a link to that video to all the parents uh, of the, our new year sevens. We also had a book. Um, now we didn't have enough money this year to give the book to everybody. The Supermarculous Journey of Freddie Yates has been the book we've used for the last couple of years. We didn't have enough money to give the book to everybody, but we had a summer school um, where we had students coming in for three days and that was subsidized. So the vast majority of students came in because it was something like 20 pounds a day or something. It was not expensive at all. And um, and it was subsidized for PP students. And in those sessions, teachers from all the subjects read aloud chapters from this book, um, Super Miraculous Journey of Freddie Yates. And that then um, gets them excited. It's quite funny. It talks about a journey, something new. Um, so um, that was a and then we had a number of copies that students could borrow if they wanted to borrow them. So anything that gets them enthused about reading that tells them right from the very beginning, we send out the message, we are reading school. Expectation is wherever you're at with your reading, we accept that and we will help you to make progress. And, you know, talking excitedly about reading, making sure that you have teachers across the curriculum um, talking about it. So in the summer school, you know, there are PE teachers and science teachers and et cetera, and they were all reading aloud. Um, and that then sends a message to the larger cohort, in addition to the ones I mentioned earlier who um, struggle um, with reading. Brilliant. Fantastic. Loads of ideas there. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, I want to move on a bit and, and look at some of the specific things that were mentioned in the doc, in the reading framework. There's a lot of talk about book corners. Um, they've long been a concern of mine. When my children's primary school was rebuilt, they didn't read. They had a library and they rebuilt without it. And I had a long conversation with the head teacher who told me that they were going to put okay because there were going to be mini libraries for each classroom. And I, my concern is that exactly the students in these in this situation, the reluctant readers, the children who find it difficult, or the other end of that, the children who are super brilliant readers. Your book corners in your classrooms very rarely are touching across that breadth and I can't think I was I'm dyslexic I was a very slow reader I would have been mortified to have to go down a year or two years to get the books that were relevant for me and so I have a real concern about the focus that this document had on that book corner idea um, away from a centralized library collection where you can carry that breadth um, I don't know whether we can, you know, obviously we're talking about this being an ongoing discussion about getting more involved, but I don't know whether this is something, I don't see that book corner idea so much in secondaries, presumably because there isn't that single classroom base. Um, but I wonder whether we can influence it at all in primaries and what others think. Elizabeth, do you want to come back in? Yeah, well, I, you know, when I was reading it, I 
was wondering whether the book corner was a more the, a primary focus. Um, and there are many um, schools. So, so if we talk about the second, the, it's two different conversations, isn't it? Because if you're talking about primary schools and their book corners, they are extremely important. It's important that children can go and just grab a book when, when you know, every, the teacher is busy with somebody else. There's, there's yeah. that element of it. Um, do you believe that book corners, even in primaries, need to be fed by your by your central library? There has to be a central library in order for it to remain up to date. Book corners should not be um, funded by the teacher, which I think is what currently happens. Um, you know, if you've got a teacher that is really a reading teacher, then they have some fabulous book corners. On the reverse of that, somebody who whose focus is not necessarily on reading, their 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 book corners can remain stagnant. You know, we've all been into those those mm-hmm. classrooms where where the books you know should have been got rid of years ago. Um, I think the same really is the focus in secondary school, where they are usually subject specific books in the classroom. Um, there needs to be more reflection on or understanding on how the this the um central library can you know integrate and and support the resources that are in the classroom i think a lot more conversation needs to be had about it because everybody's doing their best when we're talking about book corners you know um mm-hmm. puts a book corner in their classroom just because they're being told they have to a lot of them you know secondary school teachers have the books that they have loved for years, the ones that they learnt their craft on and, you know, insist and encourage their students to read. And none of that is wrong. But actually there needs to be that balance, doesn't there, between our much-loved old books that we were brought up on and actually, you know, moving on into into what is next, you know, what is coming out that's Mm. current what do we need to learn? How can we use the library in connection with the all the online resources which the light you know the school library can bring into that? Mm. Um, it's a very closed corner. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's a good expression. Um, and I think it does it's it's a great conversation piece, isn't it? because because actually if we are talking about book corners, then school librarians have a voice without a doubt in in that area, I think, you know. Mm. You're making me wonder whether we ought to do secondary school book corners now, whether (laughs) actually, you know, each formed, I mean, obviously there are some teachers who do. The English department are very good at that. But actually there might be something in that. There might be some interesting... What does your book corner look like? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Our next podcast. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Kathy. You've got your hand uh, up. Very interesting point that you made there, um, Elizabeth, in that, um, you know, teachers like their old, their stable books. Um, and if you read further down into the DfE framework, um, it mentions Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. <laughs> I mean, how much more modern can you get? Um, so, yeah, I mean, book corners, don't confuse book corners with reading carpets and reading nooks in classrooms. I think they're very, very, very important, but not having a re- a book corner, um, it, it, it needs to be more of a place to read rather than a place to store books to read. Um, that, that's that's where I would I think it should 
if you want to have it as a book corner, it should be just a reading corner in the in the in the classrooms rather than anything else, and still use the the library because it's a journey, it's a destination, it's it's you know getting out of the classroom and going somewhere that's not the classroom and going to um, this magical room that's full of books and you've got this friendly librarian, well mostly, um, not me obviously. <laughs> Um, you've got this this friendly person that talks to you about books and stories and, and and all the rest of it, you know, as well as the information literacy skills and the research methods and all that sort of jazz. Um, you've got a, the specialist in the school and the specialist place in the school. So, yeah, having reading carpets. Yes. Book corners. Mm, I don't know. I just think that there's there's very 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see the potential, but I mean, I'm very, I, I sympathise hugely with primary life, primary teachers who just have a huge amount to do, and the prospect of trying to keep on top of current children's literature. And you know, I know students come to us, and they've read. We have a system of you know age ratings on our books. And they have read books which I think are vastly inappropriate. They've read the whole of Mallory Blackman by the end of year six in a Norton Crosses series. And I would say, no, 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 no. That's not suitable for every year seven child just because you were a good reader. But, of course, we're asking our primary school teachers to be experts. And when you get that child who really reads the natural thing to do is to move them on and the natural movement is to move up in the age range, not to broaden. And so they haven't come across wonderful people like Francis Harding or they've touched on Catherine Rundell maybe, but, you know, all of that breadth is lost and it's lost because you've got your book corner, because you've got these are the books for year six. You're a really good reader, so we'll just have to do more of that. Um, so yeah, that that's it, it's it is very tricky. But I do quite like the idea of the teachers bringing their old favourites in. In a way, I like that sort of you know maybe Wind in the Willows it isn't for everybody. But if the teacher is passionate about Wind in the Willows, put it in. Let's have that conversation. Share that passion. Maybe, maybe not, <laughs> Elizabeth. I just wanted to ask. Alice, do you have a book corner? <laughs> I don't have a book corner. Uh, we work in a two-site school and I have I have seven classrooms. So I'm moving from space to space. Um, so, and we, we did have sort of like a book corner classroom based during the COVID pandemic um, because we couldn't use the library in the same way as traditionally. But I would say my summary of this would be book corners, optional, library essential. Excellent. That, that's very much the uh, outcome I was hoping for. <laughs> Brilliant. So before we do our final question, um, as is tradition, Elizabeth likes to say a few words about her membership. So I will pass it over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. Um, so I just want to take a few minutes to introduce Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a transformative training membership designed exclusively for innovative innovative school librarians and teachers. If you're an educator or school with a shared passion for fostering collaboration between teachers and librarians across all subjects, 
then I extend a warm invitation for you to join me on this remarkable journey. My mission is simple yet powerful to empower school libraries and teachers through comprehensive training and unwavering support. By equipping them with the necessary tools and knowledge, I aim to enhance independent learning, evaluate, um, elevate literacy levels and nurture overall student well-being through the incredible resource that is your school library. By joining my community, you'll embark on an exciting adventure alongside like-minded individuals who are equally committed to educational excellence. Together, we'll explore a unique learning experience that embraces innovation and encourages the growth of your students. For more information about this extraordinary opportunity, please visit the link provided in the show notes below and don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of, of this empowering initiative. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, it's a fantastic membership. It's certainly one that I enjoy taking part in. Um, so a final question, which is going to uh, turn into a reasonable discussion, I would imagine, about thinking about teachers uh, and school librarians working together to collaborate. And this is very much something that we talk about quite often. It uh, has been a subject for its own podcast. But I think particularly with this reading uh framework in mind um, we're looking for those opportunities we've been talking about how we can um, highlight the role that librarians could play for teachers when we're talking about the reading framework so I wonder if we could just open a discussion um, about that about this collaboration and the value it can bring to reading for the students and literacy across the school Elizabeth so I just wanted to to say about this is the fact that, you know, if you are lucky enough to have a school librarian working in your school, it's it's time now to invite them to collaborate with you as a teacher. The value that the school librarian can bring in teaching and literacy is huge. And actually, it's 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 a job that everybody needs to be involved with so a collaborative opportunity where you know i i specifically want to talk about the collaboration in within different subjects so taking us from the reading for pleasure and all the initiatives that can go along with that is that that next step is having your librarian you know working within your classroom um bringing the resources that you that you wouldn't necessarily get hold of um helping you your students to navigate texts to um embark on journeys that that with the librarian's help will will actually help empower your students more the number of students that i've come across where they can't articulate their ideas after they've read something, I feel is really, really sad. And actually it is about having those really important conversations. And I think the librarian is 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 a part of that journey. And actually having their knowledge and background brought into the classroom can be such a huge opportunity. I could go on, <laughs> <laughs> but, but across the subjects is the big thing. Across the subjects, stop thinking about English, as English is so important. Think about all of the other subjects, your science, your history, your arts, your music, your PE. Do you know, all of those need to read 
And actually, that's where the librarian comes in because they bring that expertise into those subjects too. Excellent. Thank you, Alice. Um, yes, yeah, so just building on what Elizabeth said, totally agree with that. I mentioned earlier those three areas, struggling readers, reading independently and for pleasure, but also reading in subjects. And I'm really um, passionate about the idea that um, students should be reading across the curriculum, a whole variety of academic and disciplinary texts. And when you think about the librarian's role in there, as Elizabeth said, so selecting the text. Now we do something called academic reading. Um, all departments do this. Um, Teachers need to select texts for science, for um, history, et cetera, but they don't necessarily have the, the knowledge and the breadth and the depth of understanding of um, the sorts of materials that are out there and available. And that's where the librarian can contribute quite a lot because the text needs to be not just Wikipedia or something really dry. It needs to be engaging and interesting and the librarian will be able to find that. So my, the librarian will know, for example, about specialist magazines, maybe like Plus, which is bringing maths to life or science journal for teens, those sorts of things, or maybe extracts from well-written books like Kick in the Belly, which is a brilliant uh, book about um, enslaved women and um, the forms of resistance, narrative nonfiction, um, topic link fiction, so one idea for librarians would be to get a um, map, a curriculum map of what subjects are doing. Um, and I'm sure many already do this, but then to have nonfiction and fiction linked to the particular topics that are being studied. So that would be something available for students, perhaps in the library, um, perhaps for subject teachers to promote. But the other thing that I'm talking about is to help with the actual classroom practice with the text selection for um, ensuring that students are reading texts that are interesting, engaging. Uh, and again, you know, teachers are super, super busy and with the best will in the world, you just do something quick to have it in front of the classroom and librarians can really help. And say the final area where, um, I know Elizabeth's been doing some work on this as well, the final area where um, librarians can work together with teachers uh, is potentially with the AI and with um, ways to use AI to uh, ensure that students get are getting high quality material um, that is interesting and accessible, that doesn't create extra workload for teachers, but that is um, used effectively. So there's lots of work. I sort of got to this sort of in January and I've been for all the teachers across the curriculum, all subject um, heads and our senior leadership explained, here's what you can do. This is why it's useful, et cetera. So those sorts of things, if the librarian gets stuck into that and learns about that and is able to train the teachers, that'd be hugely helpful. Brilliant, thank you. Kathy? Yeah, I um I do an awful lot of um I send an awful lot of emails to an awful lot of teachers saying I saw this and thought of you. Um, yeah. they're they're quite used to that now where I work. Um, so I saw this and thought of you, and then they know that I you know it's not taking up email space. It is something that I think that they are they necessarily need, yeah. and it will make their life easier. Or had they thought about doing this or this or you know it it it's a. Uh, it's relevant and I'm, I try to make it relevant so I don't fill up their email. Um, the other thing I did, um, I gave a presentation to um, uh, the middle leaders um, and I'm actually one of the middle leaders. They've, they've put me into the middle leaders scheme. So I'm on the middle leaders and each of us take it in turns to, to present and it came to my turn. And I did a, um, a presentation on online databases or the useful tools um, and even how to use the school um, database in their lessons 
Um, and they took it on and they they ran with it. And, you know, I've had so many questions back about it. It's, it's actually worked really, really well. Um, co-planning and co-teaching. I think that is the the way forward. It's it's collaborating, but not calling it collaboration. Um, so co-planning and, <laughs> and co-teaching. Um, delivering lessons together, um, having that extra pair of hands and that extra pair of eyes in the classroom. So librarians know all about um, the you know, research skills, the expertise on the information literacy, technology integration, whereas the teacher knows, but, you know, the subject specific uh, information. And I think working together that way, that's when the magic happens. Um, so I think that, that there's, there's more to be done in co-planning and co-teaching and not calling it collaboration, because I think that the, the, the teachers get um, very... I don't know, blase about collaborating with, you know, they, they, they get very, they, they don't want to do the collaboration things. Uh, if you point it out to them that it's something that they don't have to do, um, it saves them that saves them time from doing something. They're, they're all for it, but collaborating means they don't have to do something. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm um, all with you. I send out a lot of our schools. I've seen this, you know, do you know about this? Are you aware of this service? Um, and and it, there's those sort of they might not spark something immediately, but they come back to it. And then the next time you know there's an opportunity, it does come up again. You think, oh, and they they say, oh yeah, I remember you sent me something about that, or maybe we could. And I think, yeah, good, you were listening. It wasn't a waste, a complete waste of time. It's always gratifying. Brilliant. Well, I think there are lots and lots of uh, things to think about. I think we've, that's been a a much more positive um approach and a much more positive view of it than I felt when I started reading the document so thank you very much for that um Elizabeth I know you wanted to mention your webinar before we yes go as well yes um so Kathy and I are running a webinar on the 7th of September which will give just a little bit more insight into the framework um, from a school librarian's perspective and a, and a space particularly for you to ask questions um you know it's not about it's not about us telling you it's about you learning and being able to speak about it within your school so please do come and join us again show notes the details will be there and I'm also running something on the 4th of September which is about AI so if you are interested all the information will be below thank you brilliant well we hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast um, if you'd like to comment as always uh, it'd be great to hear from you it's really lovely to feel this engagement um after these podcasts um if you haven't already don't forget to subscribe um and then you won't miss us in future thank you very much and thank you to alice and kathy and elizabeth thank you good night thank you thank you very much